The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to another edition of NFL Reacts. I'm Steven Serta of Arrowhead Pride. We're going to spend the next hour discussing the only 3-0 team in football. The Sam Darnold-led Panthers. <laughs> I, I could spend an hour just talking about that defense, but if you don't want us to talk about the Panthers football team for an hour straight, all you have to do is leave us a five-star review. Send me a screenshot of it on Twitter, at Steven Serta, and we'll stop talking about the Panthers. We did get one review recently that just said Serta sucks, they also spelled my name wrong, but they still gave us four stars. But we're in the five-star business. So if you think I suck, you can put that in the review. I hope you don't. But as long as you give us a five-star review and tweet it at me, I'll send you a wristband or something. I'm sure I've got something around the apartment. I uh, mean, we at least have to get the name right. We at least have to get the yes. spelling right. You owe you owe Steven that much. Uh, it's, guys, it's come spelled- on, step up. It's spelled with a D, not a T. I am not the heir to the Serta mattress fortune, unfortunately. Yeah, do- I wish you were. Yeah, me too. Me too. That would be nice. Uh, we do have a ton to get to on NFL Reacts today. I want to run through some quick injuries. Colts quarterback Carson Wentz was dealing with two bad ankles, but he returned to practice on Friday morning. He now has a chance to play this week against the Tennessee Titans. The 49ers are optimistic Trey Sermon can clear the concussion protocol ahead of their game on Sunday, but Elijah Mitchell is very much in doubt with a shoulder injury. Bengals wide receiver T. Higgins was listed as doubtful today, so it seems unlikely he's going to play Sunday against the Steelers. Deontay Johnson also in doubt with a knee injury. Antonio Brown's not expected to play this Sunday after testing positive this week for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And we need to keep an eye on the availability of Raiders running back Josh Jacobs, as well as Rams running back Daryl Henderson. But big news for Browns owners, Odell Beckham is likely to return to the field this week. So you might get a big boost in your wide receiver corpse if you want to keep an eye out on that. Sounds like he is going to make his return. But I need to welcome in Kate Majuk of DK Nation. You already heard her here. Kate, last night, Thursday night football We saw Panthers running back Christian McCaffrey, likely number one overall pick in most people's fantasy drafts, go down with a hamstring injury. We're still kind of waiting to hear about the severity, but they ruled him out pretty quick. It does not seem very good for the star running back of the Carolina Panthers. It does not. Uh, Just like you said, the the 
quickness with which they ruled him out. Not super promising for me. Chuba Hubbard came in. He did look uh, pretty solid, put up a nice stat line, was involved as a receiver. So definitely uh, somebody who needs to be, um, you know, on your radar as, as a potential uh, weekly flex if Christian McCaffrey misses time because it seems like he's going to get a lot of work. And this is the Carolina Panthers podcast, apparently. So we have to pay plenty of homage to uh, the the running back room there. But I mean, they just utilize the workhorse running back and that's that's the way they they do business. We saw Mike Davis come in when Christian McCaffrey was injured, um, you know, was involved as a receiver as well. I think Chuba Hubbard is a more talented running back than Mike Davis. I liked him a lot coming out of school. He had a lot of injuries in his final season at Oklahoma State that I think made his draft stock, you know, start to start to plummet. But uh, let's not forget in 2019 had a 2000 rushing yard season. Uh, he's I, I think he could come up really clutch for some fantasy football teams this season. Yeah, it's it's a bummer if you drafted Christian McCaffrey number one overall. Uh, obviously, we hope that he returns to the field quickly and continues to be an elite fantasy player. But if Chuba Hubbard is available, you have to go out and get him if Christian McCaffrey misses any kind of time. Uh, you mentioned Mike Davis. We saw last year when Christian McCaffrey was hurt that the Panthers like to utilize that that one lead running back, and that's why Mike Davis was so fantasy relevant all last season. So Chuba Hubbard could absolutely be that guy if Christian McCaffrey is out for an extended period of time. But we've already proclaimed that we are the Zach Wilson podcast. And, you know, we got to make some adjustments as the season goes on. Just we'd like, like to, we'd like to issue a formal retraction. Yes. Like just <laughs> like NFL teams, you know, guys get injured. You got to make adjustments as the season goes on and it's a long NFL regular season. We got an extra week this year. So we're calling an audible. Zach Wilson was very bad last week. And we're taking this opportunity to make a case for a new NFL player. We should stand on this podcast. Now we do have to implement some rules. I guess we can't do this every time that player has a bad game or a bad week, but we can do that. This time, I'll, I'll give it a go because Zach Wilson was just so horrendously bad last week. So we're each going to make our case for the new player that we should stand. And why not stick with the Carolina Panthers? I have been the Sam Darnold guy. I've been willing to put myself out there despite you guys just hating on Sam, even though he never had a chance with Adam Gase and the New York Jets. He's blah, good blah, blah. Oh my, he does. He, okay. So I will say, um, like stat line, uh, the fact that he's three and oh, great. Um, but let's not forget like Jimmy Garoppolo has a really solid, uh, win loss record as a quarterback. Uh, I'm not saying the Carolina Panthers aren't good, but I am saying that Sam Darnold is still not good despite the wins. I know he's uh, he's been racking up passing yardage, which is fantastic. Um, but it, we keep seeing him make a ton of mistakes. He had two fumbles yesterday that uh, just didn't end up being lost fumbles. So his teammates saved him there. He saved himself a little bit. But like he's still a guy that is making mistakes. He's not turning over the ball quite as much. But I'm not ready 
to issue him his crown just yet. Uh, I I think we gotta we gotta slow things down a little bit, Stephen. I know you're you're very excited, and I'm I'm so glad that you're willing to wear the hat of the Sam Darnold truther because it's a hat that I won't even try on uh, in the store, let alone wear around uh, publicly and willingly. Listen, if Sam Darnold was the starting quarterback for my favorite football team, would I be thrilled about it? Probably not. (laughs) I I understand that and I can be honest about it, but can I give you some points as to why we should dive into the Sam Darnold hype train? Let's do it. They're the only three and O team in football and their defense is absolutely stacked. Although they did lose JC Horn last night. It was a bad game, (laughs) bad Thursday night game for injuries. Uh, But he might be back later in the season. We'll, we'll figure that out uh, as he has to have foot surgery. They're also, Clearly not the best team in their division. They just lost Christian McCaffrey for an unknown amount of time, but they're already 3-0. and It's an underdog story. They're clearly not better than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Everybody loves a good underdog story in the NFL, and they're already better than anybody thought they were going to be. Also, they've got an easy schedule, so they could make the playoffs, making them an easy team to root for. And my last point, no one else wants to be the Sam Darnold pod. We are diving into uncharted territory and it's hard to carve out a section of the football landscape that isn't covered already. Nobody's jumping it being the Sam Darnold podcast. So we'll be the only one. It'll be an exclusive thing. It is definitely an exclusive club. I will, I will give you that. Um, I, 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 uh, I really appreciate all the, all the thoughts you put in there. Uh, But I do have one better for you, and it's the Justin Herbert podcast because everybody is jumping ship on Justin Herbert. Why, oh, why? We have been through two NFL games, and guess what? If you're watching the games, he's playing well. Uh, It's not showing up for fantasy football, and I think that's what's uh, getting people frustrated. He's not performing as like the QB5 that you probably drafted him as. He's currently sitting as the quarterback 22, which is like, not fun. But among quarterbacks, he is uh, making a ton of pass attempts, ranks third in pass attempts, third in completions, third most first downs. They're moving the ball all over the place. Fourth in passing yards right now, uh, 12th in completion rate, second in red zone rushing attempts. Josh or Justin Herbert is literally everything you want in a quarterback. Uh, I almost called him Josh Allen because I'm just like, I'm getting more excited. Uh, maybe he's this year's Josh Allen. He's the underdog story that I think could actually pan out because, I mean, I, I've heard that there are people dropping him in fantasy leagues. And I think we're going to see a big bounce back this week. Uh, last, you know, week two riddled with penalties. That was just such a bizarre game against the Dallas Cowboys. I want to be the Justin Herbert podcast because he too was an underdog. So like Sam Darnold, um, you know, obviously big time underdog heading into this season. He gets his second chance at life. But I mean, just a year ago, we were talking about Justin Herbert, like he was the scum on our shoes. Uh, we were so psyched for Joe Burrow that, you know, I think we just really dismissed the fact that Justin Herbert could be a capable quarterback. Uh, he was the underdog last year. Proved everybody wrong, broke rookie records. I'm all in on Justin Herbert, and I think uh, he's got the the shinier. He, 
the shiny, shiny new toy effect that I'm going to say our podcast needs. I'm going to be honest, Kate. Justin Herbert is a better option. Yes. I think everybody knows that. It's hard not to root for the guy. You know, I work for Arrowhead Pride and everything's about Patrick Mahomes and his excellence. But I think Justin Herbert is the second best quarterback in the NFL, or at least that second quarterback right now that if you can't have Patrick Mahomes, you'd take Justin Herbert happily. They've struggled a little bit to put up points so far, as you mentioned. They've struggled in the red zone specifically. They're near the bottom of the NFL in finishing off red zone drives. Luckily, they get the Chiefs this week, who are the absolute worst team in the NFL at red zone defense and have given up a whopping 100% touchdown rate right now in the red zone. So I think that's going to turn around for Justin Herbert. We're not going to make the call on the podcast. We will put this out to our NFL Reacts community in a poll this week. Get And you guys get to decide which podcast we are going to, or which player we're going to roll with as our new stand, as, as the new guy that we're going to ride with the rest of the year, because we can't keep flip-flopping. We get, we got, we got to take a stand somewhere. Yeah. And so it's going to be Sam Darnold or it's going to be Justin Herbert. I would imagine it's probably going to be Justin Herbert when it's all said and done. Uh, yeah. I feel like we need to get it just so we're like totally committed. Once the fans decide I think what we need to do is like get a tattoo of whoever's face they decide <laughs> on our foreheads. So we're not, we're not allowed to flip flop anymore, but honestly, this discussion leads us perfectly into some of the, uh, one of the NFL reacts polls from this past week, which I found completely fascinating. Can you please break that poll down for us? And I need to hear your thoughts. Do you agree with the NFL Reacts community on uh, on this this particular question before we dive into the rest? Yeah, so we put out to the NFL Reacts community who will throw for more yards this week, Patrick Mahomes or Justin Herbert. Patrick Mahomes won that poll with a whopping 78% of the vote. Justin Herbert, what? just 22%. Um, I'm going to assume... There are a lot of people in our Reacts community who have not watched this Chiefs defense very closely so far this year. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm also assuming that, and you know what? So, like game script wise, everything by this just completely astounds me. So, uh, when you're looking at Justin or Justin Herbert versus Patrick Mahomes, uh, Justin Herbert actually, for as quote unquote poorly as he's played. Uh, at least for your fantasy football rosters, he only has five fewer passing yards than Patrick Mahomes through two games. They're really not that far apart. The biggest discrepancy here um, in terms of like Herbert's performance, it really just comes down to the touchdown rate and the interception rate, which uh, the the touchdown rate, very, very low um, compared to especially last season, 2.3% touchdown rate. That's Extremely low for any quarterback, let alone a good quarterback. Interception rate, 3.4%. That's ridiculously high. I think we're going to start to see that even out. But uh, completion percentage is up from last season. Yards per attempt is up. I think we need to uh, to take a step back and look at what Justin Herbert's accomplished. But just look at the the potential for game script. Um, you know, you mentioned the, the Chargers defense very poor against the run. One of the worst rushing defenses uh, that that we've seen. Running backs have, have trounced all over them. 
um, Mahomes might not have to do a ton. Um, he might not be uh, asked to do as much, but Justin Herbert, I do think, is going to need to sling the ball a lot. Uh, I think this is just going to be a really fun boat race. Um, I just think, why, like, why is this so lopsided? Do you have any opinion on that? I think it's just Mahomes and the subliminal like subconscious confidence that we have in him on a weekend week out basis. We just assume that Patrick Mahomes is going to throw for 350, 400 yards every game. And that's why we don't have faith in Justin Herbert, who is an exceptional passer himself. So I am with you. I think this game is going to be an absolute shootout. And you mentioned the Chargers run defense. I want to talk about Clyde Edwards Alaire a little bit later in the show. We've still got plenty of NFL reacts polls to get to. But before we do all of that, we got to get into the biggest story of the week. And maybe somebody that uh, we should have put to the audience as a player that we wanted to stand on this podcast. Justin Fields is going to make his first NFL mm -hmm. start this weekend. Obviously, we're juiced. Obviously, we're excited to see what Justin Fields can do. He came in late last week after the Andy Dalton injury and was a little up and down, had a beautiful dime to Allen Robinson in the end zone that should have been a touchdown. Allen Robinson dropped it. I contest that it was all Allen Robinson just not knowing what a laser looks like <laughs> that hits him right in the chest. I think he's gone so long with such poor quarterback play. He didn't know what to do. He panicked. It reminds me of the time I was inside the Chiefs training facility at a practice on the sideline and Chiefs former backup quarterback Tyler Bray had just a horrendous pass that flew towards the media at the sideline. And I didn't know what to do because it was coming at me so fast. So instead of trying to catch it, I just batted the ball down. That's like what Allen Robinson did in that football game because he doesn't know what to do when he has a good football thrown at him. He's just not used to it. And so we're obviously very excited for Justin Fields. Kate, should we put Justin Fields in our fantasy lineups this weekend and not even worry about it? Uh, yeah, I actually think uh, we should. The Browns, very, very good defense on paper, but they have been allowing plenty of yardage Justin Fields, he does have that, that safe rushing floor that you love in a fantasy quarterback. Justin Fields, I think, will be just fine. I think he will be able to uh, move the ball against the Browns. I don't know how much, uh, you know, necessarily they'll they'll score. Obviously, like you said, uh, Allen Robinson, he's just not used to, uh, to catching well-thrown balls and uh, maybe more importantly, accurately thrown balls. He's used to having to do some gymnastics to, to end up coming down with that catch. But Justin Fields, I can reasonably see finishing as a low-end QB1 in his first outing. Um, the, the Browns just, like I said, they're, they're good defense on paper, but they've been allowing more than I think any of us had projected um, both, you know, through the, just across the, across the board. Um, and Justin Fields represents all of those threats. Yeah, I understand being a little bit worried about putting him into your lineup. And I've had this argument with multiple people throughout the week. I've got him in a couple of leagues and I'm putting him in I, without question because with Justin Fields, he's just going to offer that rushing ability that 
Andy Dalton's never, ever going to offer you. So even if he struggles a little bit as a passer, which is totally possible in his first NFL start, I think he's going to have some ups and downs in this game. But like we saw with Jalen Hurts last week, where he had a terrible passing performance, he still wound up with a decent fantasy day because of what he can do on the ground. And Justin Fields can do a lot of that stuff too. So I think that he's got a safe floor. So if you're skeptical about putting him into your fantasy lineups, I don't think you should be because worst case scenario, he's still going to have a decent day on the ground. And then hopefully he throws a couple of touchdown passes. Oh, absolutely. I think, I think he's a fantastic start. And uh, maybe if, if you're not brave enough to get him into your season long leagues, uh, maybe, maybe you throw him into a couple of DFS lineups. See what, see what may come. Before we uh, hit a quick timeout, Kate, I got to ask you about your Pittsburgh Steelers in this offense. And, you know, me and Justice on NFL University on Wednesdays talked a lot about in the preseason, like some of the interesting things that Matt Canada was going to do offensively with this Steelers offense. And so far, it looks pretty similar to last year's offense. I think that has something to do with Ben's struggles. Offensive line, obviously, we were worried about heading in the season. Uh, Najiers hasn't rushed for more than 45 yards yet through two games. Still getting a ton of opportunity, but you haven't exactly been thrilled with the fantasy results. Now Deontay Johnson's in doubt this weekend. Is it time to start worrying about this Steelers offense? Um, I'm not not giving up quite just yet. Obviously, week one was super disappointing for Najee Harris, uh, but he did end up a top eight running back in week two, and I feel like uh, you know, he was so disappointing in week one that nobody's giving him that that pat on the back for a top eight performance in week two. Um, when it comes down to what the Steelers are doing, you know, their their offensive line, I don't think has been quite as bad as everybody's uh, giving them credit for. Currently ranking 19th in run blocking grade among NFL teams per PFF. Uh, when it comes to pass blocking, they're they're actually ranked higher. Uh, 12th highest grade in pass blocking in the NFL. Um, obviously, like this is this is an offensive line that, uh, you know, we know uh, just in general, offensive lines sort of uh, feed off each other. They, they're very rhythmic. Um, you know, when you have all of these new pieces together, yeah, there might be some bumps in the road, but I'm hopeful that, that this will keep going. Deontay Johnson, I think, is maybe the most concerning aspect of this because he's been such a huge part of the offense, but you know, maybe if this, uh, this forces Ben Roethlisberger to actually, you know, spread the ball around a bit more, that might be good for the Steelers offense. Cause like you mentioned, it doesn't look much different. And everything we heard this off season was that it was something we've never seen before. Like they made it sound like Sean McVay was like back up there drawing up plays and it, I mean, it's just been much of the same, um, but they have all the talent there. So I'm, I'm waiting to see, um, but you know, even bad teams can be productive for fantasy football. So I'm not giving up on, on those wide receivers just yet. Not giving up on Najee Harris. You got to love the opportunity. There are so few running backs that get that kind of volume. Um, I mean, we've seen Benny Snell come in for a couple of carries, but otherwise it's the Najee Harris show. Um, that utilized as a receiver more in week two. I think that continues, especially with Deontay Johnson out. So uh, if there's a buy window for Najee Harris, I'm doing it. And it's not just because I'm a homer. I don't think. 
I, I'm with you, actually. I think if you can buy Najee Harris right now, you absolutely should. Uh, you know, the Steelers' offense might not supply an explosive aspect this season. Like that's something you might have to be prepared for. But I was talking to you about it before the podcast, and running back right now is just so bad across the league and for fantasy in general. There's only a handful of guys that you plug into your lineup on a weekly basis and say, I'm confident that that guy is going to produce for me this season. And then there's a lot of injuries and it's, there's always a ton of running back injuries that you have to constantly pick guys up and change your lineups right now. I would imagine a lot of fantasy owners are struggling with that. And if you have one of your top two running backs get injured, there's just not a lot of options past that. So He's a guy that, while you haven't necessarily been thrilled with what he's been able to produce so far, he's going to get the touches week in and week out. And really, that's the only thing that matters right now in fantasy football because I'm struggling with running backs across every single one of my leagues. So you just got to get guys that you know are going to get opportunities and hope that they score. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think this is just one of those those situations that there are so many question marks in the NFL, especially at the running back position, the injuries. Um, this is, I, I mean, I think his touch volume is probably one of the safest in the NFL. And that's really hard to come by uh, just in general, uh, especially right now amid all these injuries. We're going to take a quick time out right now, but when we get back, we're going to go across the board, dive into the rest of our NFL reacts polls, Talk about uh, a new rule change in the playoff format that I'm not necessarily thrilled about. And we'll get to some of our favorite fantasy sleepers of the week. Y'all about to get ready to roll, man. So y'all put the kids to bed. I'm getting one more. Over. Under. I'm betting on myself. Across the board. Welcome back into NFL Reacts. I'm Steven Serta of Arrowhead Pride. I am joined by Kate Majuk of DK Nation. Kate, we've got a bunch of NFL Reacts polls that we need to get into. And we were feeling so confident in this rookie quarterback class headed into the season. It hasn't really manifested so far through two weeks of the NFL regular season. So did we overrate the rookie quarterback class, 61% of the NFL Reacts community says yes. 39% says no. The 61% feels like an overreaction a little bit, right? Like they're rookies. They're going to go through some growing pains. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I do think this is uh, an overreaction overreaction by the NFL Reacts community. I don't know what we expected other than reaction from the reaction community. But it's just so, it's so early, so early. And, um, you know, even uh, a few days ago, I had tweeted out some stats, like the the start that Trevor Lawrence has been off to, like uh, among uh, quarterbacks that were, uh, you know, drafted number one overall, uh, he's gotten off to a very poor start through two weeks comparatively to those quarterbacks uh, in, in the sample that I was looking at. But, I mean, just look at what they are working with. Look at the personnel that they're working with. Obviously, there are some talented pieces there. But, um, I mean, plenty of, of questions about what Urban Meyer has been has been doing as a coach, uh, you know, for, for the Jets specifically. I think the Jets are a little bit more concerning for me. But 
again, I, they don't really feel like a complete unit. They don't really feel like a complete offense. Um, and I think the the same goes for, for these Jaguars. Time will tell, but a two-game sample size, we can't be jumping off ship that early, guys. Come on. Hop back on. I will concede that we overestimated the way these guys looked in the preseason uh, against reserve NFL players, but it was sure. hard not to get excited because they were balling in every preseason game. So we I needed football. That. Yes. And we desperately needed football. There's a lot going on in the world right now. Football is very <laughs> important to me at the moment, but it does feel like an overreaction to say that we totally overestimated them. Like Zach Wilson, yes, he was bad last week, but his offensive line, which we thought was going to be a lot better than it has been, has done him no favor so far in his NFL career. And what I saw in that game last week is, I think, what we would have seen if Patrick Mahomes would have started as a true rookie. Like Patrick Mahomes is obviously incredible. He's the best quarterback in football. But if we would have actually seen him start as a true rookie, I think we would have seen him have some of these kind of games because we even saw in the Super Bowl, Mahomes still does stuff like that where he's drifting way too deep into the pocket. He breaks the pocket when he doesn't have to. He relies a little bit too much sometimes on his arm and able to just throw off platform and all of those kinds of things. That's what I saw from Zach Wilson last week is that he's got a big arm. He can put the ball in places that certain guys can't. And he just looked like once the pressure started getting to him, it just started unraveling. And he's like me and Madden, just like heave it up and see what happens. So <laughs> I'm not that worried about Zach Wilson. I, I think that he's going to be able to turn it around and he's just going to have a lot of growing pains. But that's what you were expecting when you drafted him, because that was kind of his, his tape in college. So I think that's what you have to expect. I'm a lot more worried about Trevor Lawrence, to be honest, because We've really? seen the highlight reel throws we've seen, but we've also seen the struggles and it's not that I'm worried about Trevor Lawrence. I think he's a great prospect and I think he'll get things figured out. It might not be this year. I'm just worried about the situation. We've talked about it a ton. Urban Meyer's not doing anything to make you confident that he's going to be there past this season. And the, the Jaguars just look like they are the worst run team in the NFL right now. Like we spent all preseason talking about how it was the Houston Texans and that veteran roster is actually kind of holding up and the Texans look a little bit better than I thought they were going to be. And the Jaguars just look like they have no idea what they're doing on the football field. That's got to That's got to weigh on the mentality of your <laughs> rookie quarterback. I understand what a big name prospect he is, but that stuff's going to catch up to you sooner or later. And Mac Jones, like we just assume Bill Belichick's going to figure it out, right? Like it's, He's just doing with Mac what he did with Cam Newton last year. It's just, you're just not going to turn the football over. We're just simply not going to give, make that an option for you as a player this year. <laughs> yeah. I, I think Mac Jones is probably the one that I'm actually least concerned about. I think he's looked uh, really fantastic. He hasn't, you know, like he's not that uh, overly flashy, like Zach Wilson, he can make flash splashy plays. Um, Mac, Mac Jones, they're not, like you said, they're not giving him really the leeway to try to make splash plays. And that's not really his game. He's a smart NFL quarterback. And I think we've seen him make smart decisions through the last couple of weeks and through the preseason. Um, he's, he's really looked fantastic and just, 
um, I think beyond what you would expect in a rookie two games in. He, he did have that really bad spike last week that I think it was called for intentional grounding where he got the pressure and he just said, nope, not even risking a fumble here. Bill, get mad at me. Just spiked it right into the ground. Uh, that was absolutely <laughs> hilarious. So he had to have known that his teammates were going to talk some trash for that play. But he went through with it anyways because that's what matters, not turning the football over. As far as Justin Fields and Trey Lance go, like we just haven't gotten enough to really yep. feel any kind of way about it. That's why we're so excited for Justin Fields to start this week. Uh, I assume Trey Lance might get an opportunity later in the season, and we'll we'll see how it goes. But we need to slow down a little bit on overrating the rookie Ooh, quarterback. Nelly. Our next NFL Reacts question, which 0-2 team has the best shot at making the playoffs? Indianapolis Colts leading the way, 46%. Vikings at 40%. The New York Giants at 8%. The Falcons at 4%. Jets at 1%. I did not even make the Jacksonville Jaguars an option (laughs) because, let's face it, they're not going to make the playoffs. I think that's completely fair. Don't waste our time with silly silly innuendos uh, like that. uh, I'm actually kind of surprised that this uh the Colts came out this week in this particular poll just because uh obviously Carson Wentz made uh, made of glass just absolutely made of glass two sprained ankles not one but two sprained ankles um and I I just I'm not overly confident that he can maintain uh health throughout this entire season if it's already an issue um that's my biggest concern the Vikings at least you know they overall look to have uh, the right personnel, the biggest moves that they need to make are defensively, but offensively, they've, they've really just got the whole package. Like Kirk Cousins, he's not an overly flashy quarterback, but um, he, he can throw an accurate ball. Uh, and you have two of the best wide receivers in the league in Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. I, I'm actually surprised the Vikings didn't take this one just because of the situation that the Colts are in heading into just week three. Uh, And we've already had Carson Wentz out with a foot injury. Uh, Obviously he made the return early, but now he has two sprained ankles. Uh, You know, it, it's not good, Jim, not good. So NFL reacts, you're telling me you saw that shuffle pass interception from Carson Wentz last week. And you said that was bad. This Colt, this Colts team's a playoff team. You said this this Colts team is going to make the playoffs. All right. Yeah, and there was there was really no bodies to his right either. Like he could have made uh you know a, a play to to run to the right or I believe it was Naeem Hines that had just run a you know short short rod outward, but there were so many other decisions we could have made and that particular moment I you know I think we've seen some stuff from Carson Wentz but Again, if he's not fully healthy, uh, you know, he has this thing. If he gets injured and he has to worry about his backup, I don't know. He's got this mentality that he uh, he just starts to crumble before our eyes. Maybe that's what we saw uh, last week. The ankles got a little banged up and he just panicked, shovel passed. Uh, and here's here's his decline here in, the, in Indy already. The ankles got weak and he said, let me execute the world's worst shuffle pass. Yep. 
Yep. That's, that's what yeah. I heard him say in the, in the huddle. So <laughs> I've just never quite seen anything like it. Uh, I do think it should be the Minnesota Vikings personally, uh, the AFC no or the NFC North, I don't think is that strong of a division outside of the Packers. And we're going to see how Justin Fields translates to the NFL this weekend. And hopefully he'll keep that starting job. But I still think the Bears have too many holes to where, you know, Justin Fields is going to come in and lead them to the playoffs or something like that. The Vikings have the talent. It's been there. Their defense has been a little up and down so far this season. But yeah, as we've seen, they can score. They can put up points when they need to. I I think the Vikings are the team that I would have rolled with on that one. Our next NFL reacts question, which head coach will get fired first? Chicago Bears head coach Matt Nagy leading the vote with 33%. Vikings coach Mike Zimmer with 25%. Giants head coach Joe Judge, 22%. Jaguars head coach Urban Meyer, 12%. Really? And Bengals coach Zach Taylor coming in at 8%. This one was actually shocking because I think Zach Taylor, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, I believe is the favorite in Vegas to get fired first. And it's not not really hard to see why out of all these guys, I think uh, Zach Taylor has probably had uh, the most to work with offensively, which hasn't translated. Um, He's also, he's, he's been on a, a pretty long leash for a a decent amount of time. I think Zach Taylor and Matt Nagy should be much closer here uh, than any of the other contestants. Uh, Although urban Meyer, like if I could just off one right now, it'd be urban Meyer. Yeah, I, I'm really surprised about this through two weeks of the NFL season. Like, I, I know it's two weeks, but how is Urban Meyer not at the top of this poll? The, with what we've seen, the way his press conferences, the way he's acting, his psychotic coffee table, how is Urban Meyer not <laughs> at the top of this poll? Uh, uh, did you know that every week in the NFL is like playing Alabama? I Like, I had no idea. But yeah. that... That's what we learned this week from Urban Meyer. Uh, and I think Vic Fangio seemed very puzzled by the, by the statement. The look on his face when he relayed that to the media um, was pretty, pretty entertaining, I would say. I totally forgot about that comment from Vic Fangio. Can we agree? That's a little messed up of Vic <laughs> to put that out there. Oh, it's like throw him under a bus, man. Like have some respect for your fellow. You know what? Like it. God, I I don't know. I I would be crawling uh, under a bridge if I were Urban Meyer at this point, but I'm not. uh, If only I had that kind of paycheck coming into my pocket, um, I I think I'd be uh, in a much better place. But you know what? I I wasn't uh, the the queen of uh, having... um, Tim Tebow, you know, as my, as my tight end one, I, I could never do what, what Urban Meyer does on a week to week basis. God bless his soul. Uh, he does what it, he, he's basically like the Sam Darnold podcast of the NFL. Let's give him some credit. He just, I always had my questions about how he was going to be able to deal with losing and we've already got our answer. It's just not well, it, it's not a good Thing in Jacksonville right now. I am surprised that Zach Taylor was at the bottom here. And I feel like he's a head coach that everybody kind of forgets about, but the Bengals were looking to take a step this year and the verdict's still out on that, but their offensive line's still bad. 
and they struggled last week. Joe Burrow kind of unraveled in the second half and just threw three consecutive interceptions. But it's got to be Chicago Bears head coach Matt Nagy. He's got to be at the top of this right now with the way he's handled Andy Dalton and Justin Fields. I think without question, he should lead this poll. Our next question, who should be the Cowboys starting running back moving forward? Ezekiel Elliott leading the way, 62% of the vote. Tony Pollard, 38%. I'm a little surprised this wasn't a little closer to 50-50. I am too, especially after what we saw from Tony Pollard in week two. Um, Just looked absolutely fantastic out there. Was much more efficient efficient than we saw uh, Ezekiel Elliott on the stat sheet. But I think this might be some of the NFL Reacts community uh, just looking at Ezekiel Elliott as uh, what he's doing on the field. It's not necessarily translating to monster days on the stat sheet, but he does look, uh, he looks healthy. He looks like he's got some burst. He looks trim. He looks, um, he looks uh, not like the slow Ezekiel Elliott that came back from vacation last year. Like he's, uh, I, I think, he looks good on, on paper, not so much. Uh, it's not quite as close, but um, I mean, this, this has been Ezekiel Elliott's backfield for uh, many years. And I, I do think it's a little quick uh, if we were ready to hand over the reins to Tony Pollard that fast. But I mean, I think if anything, we've just seen, I think to, to really get Ezekiel Elliott going and keep him fresh. I mean, Tony Pollard's a fantastic compliment to that offense keep using him yeah and that's what they should have been doing the past couple of years so i don't think there's ever been a question of like zeke's not going to start anymore but tony pollard is a good player and we've spent three years now talking about how good tony pollard is and how he should get more run make it more of a 60 40 backfield i think that's totally fine because tony pollard has shown that He's just a little bit more explosive than Zeke. That's not to say that Zeke is a bad player at this point. He's had his ups and downs, but Zeke's still a solid running back. He can still make plays, catch passes out of the backfield, do all of that stuff. Tony Pollard just adds an element of electricity that that backfield has missed for a while. So I think it makes both players better by having a kind of 60-40-50-50 backfield. Absolutely. I think, I mean, it's, it's best to keep all of these guys fresh on a continual basis. I mean, Zeke was your franchise investment. Obviously you paid a lot of money uh, to get him with Dak, Amari Cooper. Um, I mean, the best way to keep that investment for as long as possible is to rotate other guys into the mix and, and keep him fresh and healthy. And I don't think there's really any uh, running back that, would be as complimentary to him right now as Tony Pollard is. Yeah, I I would have to believe that Mike McCarthy is going to do more of this moving forward. We just saw their backfield kind of explode last week in a way that we haven't seen that Dallas backfield explode in a while. So I would love to see Tony Pollard on the field more. And if that makes Ezekiel Elliott better, it should be good for fantasy teams everywhere. Before we get to our fantasy sleepers, Kate, the NFL did announce today they are changing the super wild card weekend format. So instead of us having three games Saturday, three games Sunday, like a loaded playoff NFL weekend, they decided to put one of the games on Monday for some reason. I absolutely hate this move. It doesn't really affect 
our fantasy rosters necessarily, but it does kind of have some gambling implications. I don't understand it other than the NFL trying to grab some more money and expanding it and giving it an extra day and going to the TV partners and saying, Hey, pay us for this extra playoff game that we're going to put exclusively on your network. The players have to hate this. We as fans should hate this. Who wants to see their favorite team go into a playoff game and lose on a Monday night after they just worked eight (laughs) hours? Nobody, nobody wants to see this. Um, I was really surprised by this move. I mean, I, I think it just comes down to uh, the NFL wanting some more spotlight in prime time. I'm sure there's lots of money involved on all ends, but also like it, it comes uh, down to sort of what what the following week looks like. Uh, if, uh, you know, this game on Monday, uh, if this team on Monday advances, um, when do they play the following week? Like I, I always liked the Saturday Sunday because it seemed like it was uh, definitely most fair in terms of you know those those gaps of playing time and um, you know I, I think the NFL does a, a pretty good job of trying to make sure teams aren't playing games too close back to back and if they do you know put in a buy there or I, I feel like the NFL usually does a pretty good job of that but I think this throws that off a little bit. Um, in a time where I think that's kind of like really critical uh, to keep your players on a regular schedule, not have them on short weeks. Uh, This, it was just, it felt, it feels really random and unnecessary. Yeah. First it's the taunting thing. They're taking fun out of football. (sighs) Now they're making sure that football fans across the country are going to have their weeks ruined at the very start of it. Like you're used to having a bad day on a Monday morning when your team loses on Sunday, but now Mondays already (laughs) suck. Nobody likes Mondays. Nobody's happy about going to work on a Monday. And you're telling me that now we're going to have to do it. And your team season might be over. It's just the players can't be thrilled about it. The coaches can't be thrilled about it. it. It's a total cash grab by the NFL, but it's basically what we should expect at this point. So Let's get to our top fantasy sleepers of the week, and maybe we'll sneak in a couple of uh, fantasy questions before we get out of here. Kate, top fantasy sleeper. I'm going with James White this week. Uh, Very, very excited to see his usage. He is putting up a monster target share, which has been absolutely bananas. 19.4% target share through two weeks. That is comparable to what you should see from your wide receivers. Um, We saw last week he took a jump in snap count. He led all of the Patriots running backs in terms of offensive snaps. Mac Jones likes him. Uh, Like we said, it's it's Bill Belichick putting Mac Jones in that position where uh, he makes few mistakes. And James White makes that team a lot better. Um, Currently ranking as the RB12 in full PPR formats, which is bananas uh, because he like he was available on waivers. you know, 50% of waivers as of week one. Uh, So people didn't even necessarily draft him, but um, they're going up against the Saints this week. It's not a great matchup. The Saints are so tough against the run, but that is the beauty of James White is that uh, if they do struggle to run the ball with Damian Harris, which I project that they will, I think they, they pivot to James White pretty quickly and you know, their, their avenue to get those, those short yards, uh, move the sticks. It's going to be through these little dump off passes to James White. He's one of my favorite flex plays this week. I'm starting him wherever I have him rostered. 
I totally agree with you. Uh, the Patriots offense, we already talked about Mac Jones. They're just not going to be a down-the-field offense this season. They're trying to protect Mac at all costs, and that's going to translate to James White having a big impact in this offense. And the Saints' run defense is spectacular, but where they have given up a little bit fantasy-wise is the pass-catching running back. So I think James White, very solid play this week. My favorite sleeper, I'm going to roll the dice again. Chargers tight end Jared Cook. Cook's the third most targeted pass catcher for the Chargers through two games ahead of Austin Eckler, which seems crazy, but he is. And the Chiefs have given up the second most yards to the tight end position. Uh, Mark Andrews had a decent game against them last week. Uh, He was a little quiet, though, but the Browns had a lot of success throwing to their tight ends against the Chiefs. Goes back to the Chiefs just slow, unathletic linebackers. I think Jared Cook is going to have a good week this week. I'm going to throw in one more before we before we move on to some other fantasy questions. I do want to shout out Alexander Madison. I know um, the presumption all week has been that Dalvin Cook will play. He did get hobbled with an ankle injury, um, came out and, and back onto the field and, and all of that good stuff in week one. Still saw him get, you know, his same work, but definitely wasn't as efficient in the second half there uh, in week two. Alexander Madison is available in, uh, you know, almost half of ESPN leagues right now. I'm surprised that more people aren't out there. You know, if you have an extra bench spot, throw him in there because if Dalvin Cook uh, is actually out, which uh, he just got his third straight DNP tag, obviously you don't need Dalvin Cook to get a ton of practice, but um, surprising that he's not at least getting in a limited session. Sounds like he just stretched and and ended up leaving practice. Um, so I'm I'm a little bit concerned there for Dalvin Cook. But if he's out, Alexander Madison would get to see the Seahawks. They've allowed the second most rushing yards in the NFL, three rushing touchdowns. Um, and Alexander Madison, when he's had the opportunity with Dalvin Cook out, averaging 16.75 PPR points a game, uh, he will see the lion's share of that work. Uh, the Seahawks have allowed plenty of receiving work to the running backs uh, that they've seen so far. So I think this could be a really clutch spot to have Alexander Madison in, especially with the slew of injuries that have been uh, swirling around the NFL lately. He's a great stash. Yeah, it's absolutely nuts that he's available in that many leagues right now. So you should absolutely have Alexander Madison on your roster, we've seen when Dalvin Cook goes down in years past that he's going to have a big role in that offense. So I'm shocked to find out that he's available in that many leagues. He's he's available in fewer, uh, I believe, uh, closer to like 45% of, of Yahoo leagues the last time I checked. But, I mean, definitely he needs to be rostered, especially if you're the, the Dalvin Cook manager. He is a must roster. But um, even if you're not, if you're looking for a guy, like say your flex spots just aren't, Uh, overly favorable matchups. I think he's one of the best spot starts you could have, and he's really a no risk, uh, high reward asset to throw onto your bench. I want to get to a couple of more quick fantasy questions before we get out of here. Kate, we saw the breakout game last week from Arizona Cardinals, rookie wide receiver, Rondale Moore. He was going to be, or is one of the most popular waiver wire ads this week. 
Are you ready to rely on Rondale Moore's role in this offense, which has looked explosive so far? And do you think that he can be like a weekly fantasy starter? Uh, I'm, I'm ready to dive in, uh, at least, at least right now heading into week three, I think he's in a, a really nice spot, not necessarily, uh, you know, just because of his week two performance, but we need to keep an eye on Deandre Hopkins. He also did not practice again today, um, which is, is always ominous. He's down with a rib injury, uh, status isn't totally clear for the coming week, but, uh, he could have big time opportunity in the week to come just in, you know, any sort of absence to uh, DeAndre Hopkins. But looking at what he's he's done so far uh, in his two games, obviously he had a pretty big role in week two. Um, I think he earned uh, definitely an increased allotment of snaps at the very least. Um, but it, he was targeted on a very high percentage of his routes run. Uh, so, you know, maybe he's not playing that full allotment of snaps, but when he's on the field, he's getting the ball. Uh, and I think that's really, really encouraging shows, uh, you know, the faith that, um, you know, his quarterback has in him. Kyler Murray just looks fantastic. Um, I, I'm very excited about Rondale Moore. I think he could be a really nice PPR asset. Kyler Murray is going nuts this season in fantasy so far. So I want pieces of that Arizona Cardinals offense. And if you weren't lucky enough to get DeAndre Hopkins, Rondale Moore was a guy that was available that you should have taken a chance on. If you can get him still, you absolutely should. If you have AJ Green on your roster, I would much rather have Rondale Moore. Bye. So, so yeah. get rid of AJ Green. Go add Rondale Moore. He looks like he's going to be an absolute stud. Last question. Chief second year running back Clyde Edwards Alaire. Kate. When should we start worrying about Clyde? He's been very up and down so far, has not been very productive through two weeks of the season, but he does get the Chargers this weekend who have allowed the third most rushing yards in the NFL. Absolutely. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, I'm still in on it. I'm willing to send trade offers out out for him, but uh, I think if you are going to send out a trade offer, it has to be this week uh, because this, this matchup is juicy enough that um, if it has been a matchup issue, he should definitely shine through uh, this Chargers rushing defense. But uh, a narrative that I hadn't really thought about much until one of my colleagues had brought it up is the Clyde, Ed Clyde Edwards-Alaire uh, suffered an ankle injury in the preseason. And uh, we thought there was the possibility for him to miss some time. But we're getting a little further out from that ankle injury. The timetable would have had him, uh, you know, returning if they had left him out for that full period right around now. Um, you know, if he's, if he's starting to get healthier, I want a piece of that offense. Like you said, um, you know, you have Kyler Murray absolutely on fire, lighting up the world. Uh, we still have a very productive chiefs offense. Um, but I'm actually, I'm interested in your perspective, Stephen. I want to hear what you're having to say, um, you know, as far as the the eye test. When he's running the ball, he looks like he's, um, you know, he's shown the ability to run decisively, but he's just not getting those consistent targets. What are you thinking as the resident Arrowhead Pride guru? I do agree with you. We talked about Najee Harris earlier in the show and why we think you should buy him. I think if you can get Clyde right now at a discount, you absolutely should. I don't watch Clyde and think like 
the Chiefs are missing an opportunity by not giving him the ball more. Like this guy is a breakout running back or something like that. Like he just hasn't shown that yet in the NFL. They just don't use him in the passing game for whatever reason. We saw what he did at LSU in their passing game. And that was why we thought the Chiefs were drafting him last year was to kind of step in and be that first guy they've had since Kareem Hunt to be a three down type of player. They just aren't using him that way. So there's something else going on there behind the scenes. I don't know if it's his blocking. He has struggled with that so far in the NFL. So I would assume that's got a lot to do with it. He's going to have opportunities and the chiefs have shown, even if they can't run the ball, which right now it looks like they can't, he's still going to be on the field and he's still going to get chances and in an offense that's going to score a lot of touchdowns this season, you need guys like that. We already talked about how bad the running back position is this year. If you're looking for discount running backs to go out and try to trade for, I would much rather have Clyde than Miles Gaskin or something like that. I think you can get Clyde on the cheap right now. I, I think people are starting to panic about him. And I would still have faith in this Chiefs offense and in Patrick Mahomes that they're going to figure out how to get Clyde going here sooner or later. Best offensive coach in the league. Uh, one of them. One of them. Yes. So go get Clyde right now. Thank you guys so much for listening. This has been another edition of NFL Reacts. I hope everybody prospers this weekend in their fantasy lineups, daily lineups, sports bets, whatever. Do what you can. Go win some money. Win your matchups. You can follow Kate on Twitter at FFBallBlast. I'm Steven Serta. That's where you can follow me. We'll talk to you guys next week. Bye, y'all.